Hey, coaches, players, and parents, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my show today, but I wanted to let you know about the video course I have available to purchase on CoachTube. This course titled Plan, Prepare, and Execute Your Skill Development Program is nine videos with nearly 60 minutes of content. It also includes a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and a PDF version of my notes used to teach this course. You get all this content for $12.95. That's right, $12.95. Plus, as a bonus for purchasing this course and downloading my book, The Skill Development Playbook, you also get access to my free five-day course with over three hours of video content that complements my book. Go to CoachTube.com and type my name, TJ Jones, in the search box, and my course will come up. So you get my plan, prepare, and execute your skill development course, which includes my notes I use to teach the course, a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and access to my free five-day course with over three hours of content that complements my book. So go to CoachTube today and get better. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, Season 6, Episode Number 12. Got a special guest for us today. Uh, we have trainer Dusty Hallbrook. Coach, how do you feel today? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm excited about this, uh, this interview. Uh, for those of you that, that's listening, uh, we are we have a common interest. We, we kind of connected through uh, Point 3. Uh, which is a uh, basketball gear company that's out of Atlanta. Uh, we are, are actually a part of the Alpha program, and that is how uh, Dusty and I hooked up. And so we've been kind of following each other through social media, been knowing each other for a little while, and this is our first chance getting the, getting the opportunity to sit down and, and talk a little skill development on the podcast. So before we get into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and uh, about your skill development and your coaching journey. All right. Um, so I, I guess I, I thought I was better than I was <laughs> as a player. Um, so I, I tried to lengthen my career a little longer than I probably should have. But um, I guess while I was doing that, I kind of fell in love with the process of training. And, I, and it got to a point to where I actually enjoyed working out more than I did trying to play games. Um, and um, I started off like I just realized that I had a passion for that. But, you know, that was 15 years ago. So, like, I guess skill development trainers weren't really a thing, I guess. I mean, they were a thing, but not like it is now. You know, like, everywhere you go, there's 10, 10 trainers per gym now. But back then, it didn't seem like an option because I didn't know it was an option. Uh, so, I went through high school coaching first. And um, the whole time I was doing high school coaching, all I did was just try to teach people how to shoot, how to use pick and rolls. Um, never really cared about plays. or de- I definitely didn't care about defense. I'm not going to lie. Um, and uh, I just – found my niche there and then I kind of bounced around from from school to school because they all realized like hey this all the other coaches were doing x's and o's and I was the skills guy so I bounced around from school to school and I realized I could do this on the side so I, I kind of did it on the side and then you know obviously with the blessing of uh, my wife and, the, and everything um, I just I stopped being a high school coach I just kind of focused on individual skill training over the last I guess eight years I've been doing it seven years or so um, full-time and um, man, I've been I've been blessed and fortunate to to have some really good players come through the programs. Whether I've run AAU teams and the kids have gone on through college or gone to the pros, or um, been brought in by by high schools and colleges to consult for shooting and, and running little skills camps and stuff like that. Um, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities to do that. So I, uh, yeah, here I am, and um, still uh, still kicking even even through the quarantine. The program still survived. But I run an AAU program, and I do my skills training still, uh, groups and individual work, and uh, basketball camps. If, if anybody ever starts doing basketball camps again, I'll, I'll, I'll be back to that again. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. That's uh, – you know, I've been doing it full-time now for, for two years, and, and it's been wonderful, man. It was it was stressful at first, starting out making oh, that sure. jump. So I, I feel you on that. Um, but let's jump right on in, man, and get into this thing. 
Uh, first thing I got for you is, is what is your own definition of skill development and how important is it to the game of basketball? Um, uh, my own definition of it, um, I guess I can't really put it in black and white words. I just, I'll tell you what it's not. And I don't believe it's just shooting and dribbling. You know, I, I don't believe that that's what it is. And I know there's a lot of trainers. And I'm not trying to speak negative of anybody, but there's a lot of trainers that think that if you just bring in some players and you put them through a lot of ball handling drills and a lot of shooting drills, then, then they've done their job. And, and it, I mean, reps are reps, reps are good. Don't get me wrong. But like my personal take on development is teaching when to do things and how to do things and when to do them. Um, understanding why you do things when you do them. And if you don't understand those things, whether we're talking about a seven-year-old kid or an NBA player, if you don't understand how to do those things and when to do them, then I don't believe that you've actually developed that skill. You may have, you may be able to do that skill. You may be able to do a, you know, a, a in and out behind the back. Um, but if you don't know to do it, like splitting the D off of a, a ball screen, getting the hedge on his heels to do it, like when to apply it, then, then that skill is useless. The, I don't even want to call it a skill, to be honest. It's just something that you know how to do, but not know when to do it. So um, if you don't understand, my, my take on skill development is knowing the why to why you do everything. And that way they can implement it into their game. And that's how I think you build IQ um, through skill development. Cause you know, I IQ is mostly built through um, experience, you know, and just court time. But um, I think that we do have a level of, of of influence as trainers to to help build their IQ by doing a move or situation scenario and 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 teaching them when to do it, and um, I think that's that's where my skill development is. I mean, I, don't get me wrong; I'm all for getting a thousand shots up a day and pounding the ball a thousand times, but if they're not shooting the right way or knowing when to do those moves, it's almost you know it just gets redundant after a while. So I'm all about the mental aspect of it all. That's that's my take on it. I think it comes down to what your goal is for that particular drill or, or what it is you're trying to accomplish. So yep. if, if, and this is something I, I say all the time, if I see that a kid is struggling in the game uh, and hunting the ball versus pressure, I've got to put him in a situation in our skill development sessions that's going to actually help him hunting the ball versus pressure. Now, yep. if I have a player and we need to come in and they haven't been getting up a lot of shots, yeah, I can spend time in during that session saying, hey, we need to get up a lot of shots. We need to get up a lot of reps. So I think it really boils down to the coach or the trainer understanding the situation that they're putting their player in and what they're trying to accomplish. So there's a time and a place for getting a thousand shots. There's a time and a place for getting a, a thousand different reps on your ball handling. And then there's going to be time where we have to really teach, really develop, make sure the player understands how to come off of that ball screen, like you say, when to split, uh, when to bag it out, all those all those different things. So let's right. talk about let's talk about that process with you real quick. So um, any skill it doesn't have to be anything just very specific, but just kind of generally speaking, how do you like to take a player through that process of introducing the skill to them and getting them to understand when and how and why to apply it in the game? Um, you want me to touch on any age or level specifically, or just kind of, uh, let's, let's, let's say the youth level, let's say you got the typical, you know, middle school, junior high, maybe even high school player, not elite player, but you right. know, just the kid that's going to play in high school, they might get the opportunity to play in college, maybe not, but your average, average Joe basketball player, just kind of, you know, what, what's, how does that, how does that kind of look? Uh, well, I guess it just kind of depends on what they're – I guess we, we kind of look at – I, I kind of interview them, them and their, their coaches. Um, I try to build relationships with all the coaches around because uh, even the younger coaches, because I, I don't want to work on these things with kids that um, in no way are they going to be able to, to use in their games. You know, like whatever their role is, I, I try to get these kids to dominate their role, even if it's the smallest role. And then from there, because, you know, I get kids all the time, like, you know, post players, I want to shoot threes. I'm like, all right, well, have you earned the right? Are your coaches going to let you? Have you been able to hit that high post turnaround? I, like, have you, are you a good free throw shooter? Because if you're not doing that, there's no way your coaches are going to let you shoot threes. So we figure out what their role is. And then from that role, um, then we start talking about how can we expand your game 
from your role, you know, to where you, you might do it once or twice a game for your yeah. coach. And then maybe he'll get a little bit more comfortable. Then you might do it once or twice a quarter. And the next thing you know, if you've proven yourself, that might be part of your game now, you know, for like, for example, let, let's say there's a high post. Let, let's say I got a kid, let, there's a six foot kid in seventh grade, which is a, a pretty tall seventh grader, right? So mm -hmm. let's say he's playing the high post, uh, but he wants to be able to shoot and attack the basket. So I'm like, all right, well, your coach is, is flashing you from El from block the high post. Let's let's say, you know, one of your plays might be doing a, a scissor handoff or whatever. Let's say you, let, let's work on that. Now you're going to face up and we're going to start attacking the basket, you know, and then, and then we take the next step. Like, all right, well, once you start attacking the basket and, and you've proven to that defender that you're a, you're a threat, they're going to start backing off on you. Now we can start hitting that mid range, you know, yeah. and then like, then we, we build on there. We build on what is the defense going to expect from you? And then how are they going to react when you start um, scoring on them or, or, or setting up, making plays on them. And um, yeah, we, we just kind of go through that process. Like, so like I said, driving would be first and then maybe a mid range pull up and then um, maybe a shot fake and drive. And then, you know, we can go from a lot of things from there, but we try to, take the steps to advance the game. We go from super simple to let's see if you'll get to this point. And I'll explain the, 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 the end game to them. And I, Hey, we, we might be weeks, maybe even months away from working on this, but like th these are the next steps for your scenario um, and, and your um, to develop your skills. So um, that's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question, but that kind of, that, that's kind of the process that I would go with any average player. So I think, um, coaches, everybody that's listening, number one, you got to you gotta know your player and understand their role within the team. Right. Um, before you do anything, what is their role? Before you try to make this player, give them ball handling skills like Kyrie Irving or, or trying to shoot threes like Steph, you have to know their role, dominate their role, and then we just kind of add from there, right? I right. call it skill stacking. So if you have a player that is, uh, you know, let's just say we got a spot up shooter. That's what they're, that's their role. That's what they're good at. So now to expand from that, now they got to be able to possibly get to the rim and two dribbles, or maybe they got to add the mid range. Right. Um, so, you know, we want them to be able to dominate their role uh, when we're working with them. So I feel like there are three different types of seasons when it comes to skill development. Of course, you know, we got our off season, what a lot of people think about when it comes to skill development. We got preseason and we have off season or uh, preseason, we have in season. Right. Now that basketball season has started or is starting for a lot of high school teams and colleges to be starting here pretty soon. Um, what do you like to do with players during the season? What, what does that look like? Or what are some things that players need to understand about their development when it comes to in season and understand they still need to be able to, to work on their game? Uh, I'd say for high school kids, honestly, for junior high and down, even if they're on teams in junior high, um, I don't really break down the season like that because I always tell people, you, you could be the best seventh grader in the world or the worst seventh grader in the world. And that may have zero impact on your actual basketball future. So yeah. during junior high and down, we still just we just try to improve nonstop. Um, maybe maybe we'll slow down on the conditioning and stuff like that, depending on what kind of practices they're having. So I don't really feel like I have an in-season regiment for junior high and down. Now high school and up, you know, I think they're starting to make their decisions. What, what do they want to do with basketball? Do they want to try to take it to the next level? Um, I, I do. I, I don't try to add too many new things um, through high school. That's that's for sure. Uh, I, I do believe in the reps, like game before day day before games or whatever. Uh, morning of games, if somebody wants to come in and get some reps, and I have access to you know, we got we have a good time frame to make it happen. I, I I'm all for it. Maybe some tweaks, but I'm just not really big into trying to teach completely new things during that time when they're already a part of a system. That their coach, like their coach, pretty much already has their expectations of that player for the year, anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there, it changes, you know, depending on the situation. Some coaches develop confidence and and see that the kids are a little bit more skilled than they may have thought at the beginning. But for the most part, again, what is your role? What are some details like, you know, if I, a, a spot up shooter, we're we're gonna hit however many spot up shots from a driving kick. Um, we're we're gonna do wing to corner passing shots, um, and then maybe some some just game like 
sets um, from whatever plays they're running. Like what, where do they get most of their shots up or where they have the opportunity to create plays in their offense, whatever that coach put in. And in season, we know what that offense is. So we're not, we're not playing the guessing game anymore. So we can actually have more specific, specific work that's absolutely going to translate to the next game because we already know what they're going to be doing the next game. So my in season is less conditioning, um, less new stuff, just more repetition and, and tweaking, you know, because I'm real big into to fixing player stuff during when they're in shooting slumps. So like my college guys, I don't really do reps. I, my college guys, if they're in a shooting slump, they'll come to me or I'll go up to them or wherever they're at and we'll get in the gym and we'll, we'll find one thing to tweak on their shot just to give them confidence into the next game. Um, college and pro guys, like I said, I, those are more tweaks for those workouts because you know they're getting their conditioning. You know they're getting their reps. I'm, I'm more there to, to, to fix – the mental part of it they're they're in a slump you know so what, what can i do to fix their mental game so that that's my in season method for for those different levels okay oh uh, now i know you said you've been you've been doing this for for several years and so during that time i'm sure you have built some uh some really good relationships with with some of your players uh oh, you sure. in the beginning that that you've had players that come to your program they go off to play in college and then some even get the opportunity to play play professionally and right. I feel like that that is really really important the relationship um having that relationship with the players let's talk a little bit about uh talk a little bit about that uh how important is it for a coach or a trainer to establish these relationships to build trust so those players can buy into what you're telling them and what you're trying to get them to adjust to their game or add to their game or take away from their game how important is player coach relationships Man, I mean, you, you can make an entire podcast series based on this. Like, we don't have to answer any more questions. Like, it, it's everything. It, it really is everything. Um, and you have to earn that trust to those players. For You know, there, there's different ways that a trainer or a coach can have that trust from from their players. I mean, not, not that I'm saying we're, we're like Coach K or, or anything like that. But, I mean, he has the trust from his body of work. You know, when a player goes to Duke, they're probably not going to question him. If he tells them to run right. through a or he tells them to do some crazy cone drill or whatever that might not make sense. They don't care. They're like, you've proven yourself. It is all, we all know that like they, so they have that trust. Um, then you have um, what we do. Like, I don't know exactly what your, your resume was as a player. I can't say that I had a, an amazing resume as a player. I think it was pretty good. Um, but like, I don't get my trust from that. Now I've been doing this long enough. So we're now people can look at my body of work and, and get a little trust from there, but man, it's all relationship. Honestly, like when they trust that I care about them, it's all going to sound corny and cliche. I know, but like when they know that I care about them, they trust, there's no way that I'm going to teach them something that's going to hurt them. You know, like we're going to break this down to, you know, father, son stuff, you know, like my, my son will do anything I ask him to do. And he knows that I'm not going to lead him astray because I love him. I'm his dad, you know? So, um, to some level, that's how it is with trainers or coaches and players that once they do know that, they're not going to be like, well, why are you going to make me do that? Because, well, they're not going to be like, you're just trying to make me fail. They know that. They know we don't want to make them fail. We know, they know that we want them to succeed for, for many reasons. For when we care about them, we've been putting in the work. Um, so obviously we want to make sure it pays off. And then from a, from a business standpoint, I mean, if you really want to look at that, when they succeed, we succeed, you know? So, I mean, so once the player gets that and they build that relationship, I mean, you can, you can do anything. You can, tw- you can, I mean, I'll text my guys sometimes when I watch them play on TV and be like, Hey man, you, you were doing this, this is not wrong. And they're like, all right, like, okay, well, let's watch some film. You know, like let's, let's, let's see how we can fix that. There's no, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you just, you don't want, you don't want to see me shine. They don't say that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. the trust is literally everything. Um, and that trickles down as a coach. If, if we're talking about team coaching, I mean, you get them to trust you, then they start to trust each other. And we already know the success that happens from a team when they trust each other. Um, but it's all relationships, man. It is absolutely all relationships. I will say on the negative side of that, from a personal trainer standpoint, sometimes we build those relationships and they're like so strong and solid. And you know how, you know how skill development is like, there's so many different ways that we could teach somebody how to shoot. We'd have 10 trainers and be 10 different ways to teach somebody how to shoot. <laughs> you build such a good relationship with your player that when his head coach 
tells him that he's doing something wrong, if it's different than what you and I have told that player, they start to lose respect for their head coach. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but I feel like I've seen it a lot. And then the the kid or or the player parents will call me like, can you believe their coach is telling him to do this? And I'm like, he's the one who controls the playing time. Like, you know, so I'm stuck in the middle and I'm not going to sit there and bash a coach to a kid because I need that coach to respect, or I need that kid to respect the coach so the coach can still trust him. And there you go. But like, I can't tell you how many times I've run into that because I teach shooting a little unconventional in terms of how to teach shooting. I teach it in the way that <laughs> I feel like I teach it the way that all the best players shoot, but it's not your traditional way to teach. So yeah. all these, you know, high school coaches, especially they got, um, they, they might not agree. So like I said, when the players will call me, like he doesn't want me to do that. I'm like, dude, you, first off, you got to make shots. If you're making shots, they're not yeah. going to bother you. Yeah. Dang Second, yeah, I mean, you, you can shoot with your eyes closed backwards. If you're making it, he's not going to say anything. But if you're missing shots, he's probably going to try to change it, and he's the one who controls his playing time, not me. So there, there's the that's the double-edged sword on that one. Like, the trust is amazing, and they'll do whatever you ask them to do. But if it conflicts with what their their head coach in that season is asking them to do, we may run into a problem. So um, I've been there. Yeah, the, the higher-level players, it's different, you know. Um, it's a little different. They still trust you more in the off season and stuff like that. And they'll ask for tweaks, but coaches aren't so micro. I don't feel like coaches at the highest level micromanage so much. If those players want to go get some extra work somewhere else, they let them do it, you know, for the most part. But uh, that's, but back to what you, you asked relationships are everything. And it's, it's crazy as a trainer. Cause I've been a head high school coach. I've run AAU programs, but I've always, I'm a trainer first, in my opinion. Um, I think when they, when they see after an end of a workout and your players see that you are exhausted as well, guarding them, doing the drills, rebounding, something about that connects them. Like, man, you just went through that, through the trenches with me and you have that, you know, like, like we're that trainer trainers and players have that connection to where, you know, a head coach will sit there and be blowing the whistle, making you run it up and down. And everybody after a while starts thinking, you know, once you get out of here, (laughs) like once you get your, your fat butt out of here and start running. So, a trainer will run with them sometimes, you know, so you get that connection through that. And that's, how, that's another way that that relationship is so strong, but it's everything. It, it, absolutely everything in, in development. Yeah. You got to establish those relationships. Cause I, I, I'm going to tell you, when you talk about trust, uh, trust and respect to me is, is really big, really key in what we do. Yeah. In order for a player to uh, trust us and to buy in, we got to establish that relationship, but also to, to, for them to respect us. We have to we have to know what we're talking about. For sure, yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, and and I was having this, of course, the same conversation with some other coaches, and I told them, and I'm a big, big believer in this. If a player asks me something and I don't know, I just tell them I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Um if you're if you if you don't know, you let them know that you that you don't have an answer for them but you try to point them in the right direction where they can find that answer or you go and find that answer for them. Um, and then that is a way for them to earn some, re- or for you to earn some respect from them. I think it's really important when we're talking about specifically uh, teaching skills, everybody gotta be open-minded, right? We gotta be right. open-minded and understand that, like you said, there are a number of ways to teach a player how to shoot. And I think when it comes to shooting, uh, everybody is a little bit different. Now you got your way of shooting and it right. worked. I have my way of shooting and it worked. But at the same time, I may have my foundation of what I like to teach. And I've had players that, you know, that it's just, it's not working. You know, like what I'm trying to teach them is it's not working. So we got to make adjustments, Right. you know? So whether that's ball handling, whether that's passing, whether that's footwork, um, but we got to be open-minded and, and to just think that there's only one way that it has to be done. I, I just, I, I hate when coaches think that way. There's nothing wrong with having your own foundation and how you like to teach things. Um, so I know like with, 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 with shooting, some people say you dip, some say you should. Right. You should be square, ten, 10 toes to the rim. Some say you should. You know what I mean? Just, I don't want to, you know, that debate could go on forever, but I think I know right. what you're saying because, but I, I think the issue is when you go into a, a, a program or a team or a trainer 
and they say like no this is the way to do it there like there are no there are no other ways do it that that's where i have an issue with it because yeah. i do have my agreements and disagreements or whatever with with coaches and i'll be honest majority of the time it's a disagree because i think i i think i think shooting as a whole is very uh taught an archaic way like it, it's um that just my like i said we, we could do another out, 10 hours on, on shooting like that that's what i feel like i do um yeah. but um but the whole thing is like if a player walks into a, a, a gym and he's already a really good shooter, but you want to change his shot because he's just shooting different than what you want. That's right. not good for anybody. Right. Anybody. Right. You know, like, like that's, that's not good. Like I got, I, I don't like me personally, if I shoot myself and if I, I teach shooting from scratch, I'm not going to teach somebody how to, to point 10 toes to the rim. But if somebody walks in with 10 toes to the rim and they're knocking down their shots, which I've had players doing that, yeah. then that's how you're going to shoot. Like I'll, I'll tweak something else. I'm not going to do something because that's not what my foundation is, but that's not the issue with them. So I'm not going to worry about that, you know? So, but man, how many coaches out there are so set in their ways about which direction your feet point, um, whether it doesn't matter which way it is, whether they say square or turn and somebody walks in the gym, like, nope, change that. Like you haven't even seen me shoot. Like, look at my stats. I shot 40% last year. I'm not changing the kid's shot dramatically. If he shot 40% from three point line, I'm not. A little bit, yes, but not not yeah. not drastically. So, and and I know I've had the opposite. You know, um, I've had players that I've told, you know, hey, I need you, I need you square, right? Uh, and I've kind of changed my meaning of square, not necessarily ten toes to the rim, but not so much of a of a of a turn, too much right. of a turn. But I've had players that were square to the rim and then it was it was just off so i said hey let me give give, give a little bit of a turn and then right. and then you know we of course started in close and worked right. our way out and that's how they needed to shoot because i think you know player strength player coordination um some other things can affect how they how they actually shoot and i remember one day when this big debate was going on about being square or turning I was in the gym one day and I was 100% square. I was like, you gotta be square, gotta be square. Right. And um, I was in the gym one day and I was doing some shooting and I noticed that when I was shooting off the dribble, I wasn't square. I wasn't 100% 10 toes to the rim. And I was like, well, you know, I might need to look at this a little bit different. So, but I'm not telling, I don't tell players to be turned all the way. And when I say turn all the way, I'm not necessarily meaning toes all the way towards the sideline right but i just kind of i kind of give the player a feel i try to get a feel for the player and what's comfortable for them and what's worked some players are a little more square that i work with some have a little bit more of a turn if a player yeah, well, too much it, of a turn then we make the adjustment it, it, there's so many like i mean that that right there so i guess we can just stick on that specific topic about shooting like there's so many different variances that you have to look at in that shooter. How broad are their shoulders? So for me, the reason, the reason I talk, I talk about turning feet has nothing to do with your feet. Like I have a, I have a, a drill, uh, me and a, an old, a, a college uh, player, a girl that I was, that I was working with a few years ago, we were just being goofy and we, we videoed an entire workout where we literally, we did our feet squared and then we turned our feet to 11, then 10. And we literally just shot all these three pointers, both of us with our feet turned all different directions. And we made it, and I have a video on Instagram. Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll send it to you just to get a kick out of it. But we made all of our shots. So it's funny that we do teach turning feet. And I think people that, that are set in their ways, um, whether they argue it or disagree, whatever it is, they think it's really about the feet. And the whole idea is it's not, it's about your shoulder and like getting everything lined up up top the feet just make it easier so for me to say that there are so many different factors i got kids with little shoulders i got kids with broad shoulders all of that takes into place how they turn or if they turn like i said i got some kids i do not turn the yeah. honestly the the skinnier their shoulders the, the less we turn because their 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 shoulders right here in front of their face where they got broad shoulders like i got you know a seven footer who played you know um whatever high high level d1 and gets played play pro if he squares up his shoulder is yeah. <laughs> way off to the side of it like so that's just different so um the whole idea is like every there's so many different factors for players what is their wingspan how big is their hand how can they line it up was um 
are, are they right or left eye dominant? That's, that actually plays a small factor in, in whether you turn or not because you either want to go up here or you want to go here. So there's so many different factors. And the end of the day, I have great shooters that turn their feet. I have great shooters that square up. And it, but you got to find that per kid. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I even run basketball camps. I have 60 kids in a shooting clinic and I'll tell everybody our base. But I'm like, all right, here's how we're going to turn a little bit. Now, find you. Yep. Find, find, square up more, turn more, find what lines up easier for you based on your body type. And there's, there's, there's a million factors that people don't really consider with that. But the whole point of the story, back to what we started, every player is different. And I think if a coach or a trainer is, uh, is closed-minded, there's no, like, they're, they're limiting their players and their own development drastic like it's crazy how 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 close-minded so many guys are and it's a pride thing because they want their way their way works i'm like yeah i'm not it might it might work but not for that kid maybe for nine of your kids but that one kid doesn't work you know so um it's an ongoing battle and until the until the game of basketball ceases to exist that's going to be a constant argument and nobody's ever going to be on the same page, whether we're talking about turning your feet, whether we're talking about dipping versus not dipping, whether we're talking about hand in the cookie jar, index or middle finger or both. Like these are debates that nobody's ever going to, there, there's no black or white answer. There's so right. much gray area that will never have the right answer. Yeah. Um, everybody, so, like you say, everybody's different. Everybody's everybody different. is different. So it's going to always be tweets. Look, look, I mean, look, look, yeah, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and I hate, I hate comparing kids to NBA players because they're not NBA players, but right. you got KD, you got Steph, you got Clay, three of the best shooters in the history of time. They have three very different shots, mm. very different shots, yeah. you know, and um, I don't think I would teach people to shoot like Kevin Durant, but like, but he does things in that shot that works, but he had to make certain adjustments because of him. His body type is very different than an average human being like Steph Curry, you know, so like, People say, what's the perfect form? Throw Ray Allen in there. I don't know. That's four dudes with very different forms. Yep. Steve Nash from in there. Mahmoud Abdul-Aruf. Like, that's the Michael best. You know, Michael Red was was a, was a slinger. He used to kind yeah. of get that thing back or or even Larry Bird. So everybody's – I think what ended up happening um, is we, we as coaches and in the basketball community, we get so caught up in what's hot. So Steph yeah. and Clay just kind of just took the NBA by storm. And they were shooting the ball so well, everybody wanted to do what they were doing. Right. And they wanted to do it exactly like them and make a carbon copy, but you can't. I mean, if you look at their base, just looking at their feet when they get set, all of them are different. You know, Kevin right. Durant sometimes his knees kind of come together. Sometimes right. he shoots. Which is- I mean, you know, working with uh, talking to this um, correctional movement trainer out here in Houston who works with pretty much only NBA, high-level basketball, and high-level football players, stuff like that scares them. <laughs> they're like, they see that knee bending, and they're like, man, he's going to blow his ACL one day, you know? But, like, that that's what he does. It's what works for him. I don't know if it ended up, you know, contributing to his torn Achilles, but, like, there are so many things that you wouldn't necessarily teach, but it's been working for them. What, who, what, what coach ever – Kevin Durant going up through Montrose, going through UT, going through Oklahoma City, uh, you know, all these teams. What coach ever walked in the gym and be like, hey, uh, I know you're the best scorer in the world, but your shot isn't how I would teach it, so I need you to change it. You know, like, who's going to do that? Nobody, like, nobody, nobody in their right mind. Nobody in their right mind, but I, I do think that as trainers, and this takes a lot of respect, you have to have a lot of respect from, from the person you're working with. Right. Like you said earlier, you know, you can make tweaks, not a, not a complete overhaul. But I think there are there are times when you can go to a player and say, hey, this is something you might want to consider. Let's look at this. This can, right. this can improve your shooting. But if you tell a player, hey, you need to just overhaul your shot, I think that's a problem. Like you said earlier, you said the same thing. If I got a player that's shooting 40% from three, I'm not going to change their shot. But we may make some tweaks that can improve yeah. them a percentage or two. Well, that, that's, that's the whole, yeah, that, I'm glad you said that yeah. too, because my thing is if you're missing, if you're making 40% of your shots, that means you're missing 60%. So I don't care how good you are. There's always room to get better. And, and honestly, there are tweaks to that, you know, and, um, but I, circling all the way back, one of your first questions was talking about skill development. Where do I, what do I define that as, um, you know, it, we are different as well too. So like when, when I teach shooting skill development for me, I'm going to teach that skill, that shooting, 
based on what kind of player he is, what he's doing. Like you got dudes like Steph and Clay, like Clay dribble, you know, Clay scored, you know, a hundred points in a game with four dribbles, <laughs> you know, whatever it was like yeah. Steph Curry dribbled a hundred times on one yeah. play and had one of the coolest, like exciting plays when he, you know, dribbled through everybody and did a shot. Like, so he's down court before he goes yeah. in. His balance is go is going to be different. Yeah. How he gets to his balance, I should say. So, I mean, that's going to change how I teach shooting for that player. If there's a straight up spot up shooter, we're going to work on having, for example, his his weak foot up, and he's going to open up that way he catches it. He's going to step into it with his strong foot because that's really how his game is. Now, if you're a dude that comes off ball screens, and we're going to be coming off the ball's got to be in your pocket dribbling, and then you got to drop it like just just different details of how to teach based on the type of player they are, the yep. type of shots they're going to get in their game. So, um, I mean, that, that's, that's what skill development is. Like it, it's just teaching somebody how to shoot. I, I'll be honest with you. I hate shooting machines and I hate one rebounder for many reasons. Um, passing the ball from underneath the basket to a shooter, he might make 80% of shots in a drill, but like how many shots is he getting in a game with the ball coming from mm -hmm. under the basket? Like that detail is huge. You know, so like, yeah, I don't do that. I, I'll rather get fewer shots because I got to chase the rebound, run to the perimeter to throw it to him so he can catch the ball from the side, have to rim locate and then get his hips and everything lined up the way it's supposed to, um, yeah. depending on the type of shooter that he is, you know, so um, it's I mean, it, skill development is so much more than dribbling and shooting, man. And and um, reps are super important. They need to happen. There's just different types of trainers. I think what makes my uh, what makes my my clock tick is the. Uh, is the mental part of it. I would rather get 50 shots up. My, me personally, I would rather get 50 shots up a day with somebody teaching them a detail of how to shoot rather than a thousand shots up a day just for reps, you know, and, and my guys know that. So they'll go to another trainer and get those thousand shots up and then yeah. come to me for the detail. And that's, that's just, that's what I do. Cause there's a lot of different types of trainers out there. That's yeah. just, that's, that's my niche. That's what I, I take a lot of pride in. My passion is for that. Um, I don't think I would enjoy doing you know, just being a, a rebounder, you know, getting a thousand shots up. It's, it's super valuable, super important. I don't you know what, <laughs> to me, that's easy money. It's, it's easy money. You get a kid, teach him how to make layups. You sit in a chair and then you rebound for him for an hour. Like, honestly, I'll tell a kid or a parent, I'll tell the parent, because I'm not in this. I mean, obviously I'm in it to make money because I have to provide right. for my family. Right. But, right. but, um, but also I, I, I think, I mean, I'm so blessed, you know, and I can, thank God every single day for the, for the position that I've been in with basketball that I can actually be in a position where I can turn down that kid because I, I can go get another workout in from a kid that, that wants me for something else. But for those parents that want me to do that, I tell them, Hey, here's a high school player, call him, pay him $20 to rebound for your son for an hour. Like that's what you're trying to get. He just wants to get reps in, do that. You don't need to be paying, uh, you know, uh, uh I'll, 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 you know, give myself a title and a skill, an elite skills trainer, a professional skills trainer to rebound for your your son. Right. But there's so many trainers that'll do that. hundred dollars yeah. an hour. I'll, yeah. And you know, we got a thousand shots up today and it's, and it's it, valuable. Okay. It's important. You, shooting is good. Like reps are good, but that's easy money. That, that's easy money. And I, that's not how I make, that's not how I'm going to do it. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to be mentally just dead for the rest of the day. Like that was, I've accomplished nothing. <laughs> like I, yeah. I didn't make a difference yeah. in that in that player's life he didn't make a difference in my life other than you know putting a little money in my bank but like that I'm trying to do what I love to do I'm trying to keep my energy up through my entire career and it doesn't get redundant and and that's money's money I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those trainers that's just no that's not what, it's not what I do I can't yeah, do like you say it's a time and place for everything I think a parent has to know what it is that they're wanting and what it is that they're going to get out of, out of a trainer. So if you want a trainer that's going to run your kids through a bunch of drills, they're going to get up a bunch of shots. They're not going to get a whole lot of feedback. They're not going to get a lot of detail, a lot of teaching. There's a trainer out there for it. And you'll probably show up in the gym and there'll probably be 14, 15, 16 kids in the gym. And maybe at one time they may have stations. They may have a bunch of cones. I don't, I don't know. Um, and they'll run them through some stuff and they'll leave shirt just full of sweat, Yep. you know, and, and got a really good workout in. And then you're going to have coaches that can really develop and teach. They're going to take their time. They're going to do detail. 
Um, I always tell people there are those that that uh, work out and those that develop and you can get a good workout while you're developing. So you right. you, gotta, you gotta kinda know what you're what you're getting. That, that's that's the best of both worlds right there. You know, and de- right. depending on what you're working on, I'll, I'll tell people the first time they come in. Um, and I'll have meetings like, hey, you know, if we're setting up for a few months, you know, to where you're trusting me, give me give me a little bit of time to to watch the progress. Um, I go, there will be some workouts where your child leaves not with not a drop of sweat on their head. Yep. And I don't want you to think because, you know, they don't always say I don't want you to think that you just wasted your money because your son's not dead. Like we just did an entire mental workout, you know, the reads off of a ball screen, because for those first couple sessions of teaching how to use ball screens the right way, if you need to teach the reads before, in my opinion, I, I think you need to teach the reads before you start hammering in the reps. So when you're actually teaching all the reads and I know some of the shoe trainers, the big deal shoe trainers will sit there and give you all, oh, there's, there's 13 and a half reads. Like, no, you don't, there's a million reads. <laughs> you don't know, like there's no rule book that says how many reads there are, but if you don't get the basic ones down to understand when to use right. them, but that, that's not a physically exhausting thing, but mentally it is, you know? So, um, you know, there's, there's just different types of trainers. And, um, let me, uh, let me, I know you're the one asking the question. Let me, let me turn a question for you. Um, what do you do when you have parents that, or siblings or big brothers or big sisters or whatever that, oh, this is what they need. Um, they need to work on this. This is what they're going to do. And you listen to them for the first time. And then you see that they are so wrong, but they are adamant that they need to be working on a certain skill or that they they need to be doing something he oh he's a great shooter but he needs to work on this what what if you completely disagree but these these parents are so hard-headed and 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 not to be mean to anybody but like they have zero credibility as basketball knowledge people they're just parents of a decent basketball player you know that that's their claim to fame for basketball is that their child can poop their, their child can hoop that doesn't mean anything about them you know like um I, I got a beautiful. I got a beautiful daughter who who used to do uh, you know a couple beauty pageants. I don't know anything about beauty pageants, so, no, so like there's no way. Yeah. Um, that they, but but the parents are like, oh my son's great. They need to work on this, and I'll, I'll like all right. So I do it at first, and I realize okay, well they need to really work on this. And you say that well, no, he really needs to work on this, and like they argue with you about it, and yeah. um, you like, doing what we do, we feel. I don't know exactly what your numbers are, but over the last 15 years, I think I've done the math. I, I've in some way or another through camps, coaching, AAU school, training, um, clinics, consultants, all that stuff. I've, I've thousands of players have come through my cross my path, thousands. Um, and then who knows if anybody, you know, maybe they follow my Instagram stuff. I don't know. So there's no telling how many players. So I, I've seen enough that I can honestly say and sleep well at night with knowing that I'm being honest. I know what's best for that player most of the time and then if the parent or the sibling or whoever's talking to you is so wrong how do you handle that because i run into it (laughs) quite a bit um for the most part i've been fortunate uh i have parents because i encourage the player the parents and the player to to give me feedback on what they feel like they need now again this is their thoughts. I've had parents tell me that a kid was really, really good. And then I get to working with them for the first time. And I realize that they're not as good as they thought they were. Right. Um, but if I usually what I do is if I meet a player for the first time, I put them through a set number of drills, just give them an assessment. And yep. then I sit down with them the last about five or 10 minutes of that, of that session. And I tell them everything I feel like they did well, everything I feel like they need to work on and what we can do to help them get to whatever goal they have set. Now, if a parent comes to me and says, well, no, I think they need to work on this, this, and this, um, I tell them that, you know, you got to trust me. I need you to trust me on this. And this is, before we get to that, they need to do this first. Now, if they don't want to trust me and they still think that they need to do something else, hey, take your kid and train them yourself. Right. (laughs) Or take them to somebody else, but you know. I, I just, think so. Me, me asking as I'm asking you that and hearing your answer, I think I probably don't run into that issue much as a trainer. I guess 
Well, I say that they'll say it, but then if I end up doing what I feel is best, I don't think we've ever actually had any, I think it's more of an AAU or just a school coaching situation. I, I think that's probably where I run into those situations more to where I, um, I'm putting a kid in a position that I feel is making him the most successful and making our team most successful. And then parents obviously are, are looking the other way, you know, for AAU, it's talking about looking at other programs, you know, school's a little different. You're almost, I know you can transfer schools, but for the most part, you're locked into that school. Whereas AAU, you can go play for a different team that next weekend, you know? So it's like, Oh, well they use the player. They, I want my son used as this type of player and you're using him as this type of player. And I'm like, it's not even about playing time. Like, yeah, the, the kid, specifically the kid, two kids that I got in my mind right now play a lot. It's not about, Hey, you're not playing my kid enough. Um, it's like, I want them to be used as a different type of player because this is what they're going to use them in the future. I'm like, why do you, why do you think that? Why, why do you feel that you have the knowledge to know what, you know, and I can't have that talk with a, play, a parent without coming off as condescending because what I really want to say is like, what have you ever done to? <laughs> well, how I, would, how I would approach that is um, if they're wanting them to be a different player, I would, I would ask them or, or tell them that there are certain skills that player needs to have. Right. right. They've, got to, they've got to see that that player. So here's how I look at it. You're the expert. I'm the expert. Uh, right. if, to, so if a parent comes to me and says, hey, you know, my kid need to be used this way or that way, I'm going to tell them, and I try to be nice, you know, about it, but I'm going to tell them, in order for your kid to be able to play this particular way, they have to possess these skills. And at this particular point, they don't possess these skills. So I would try to let them know in that way, in that sense, or you may have to sit them down and just say, look, this player here that you're talking about, they can do this, 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 and this. And this, these are the areas that your child is lacking. In. Well, I'm, I'm going to send those players to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to send those parents to you because I, I guess, I don't know. I, I think I got a little fed up in, in, in my, career to where I'm at a point to where when a play a parent asks me something most of the time I'm going to say what they don't want to hear and I'm not trying to be insulting but if they if they want to ask but why why don't they do that I I don't sugarcoat it and um since I've since I've run my own program when I was an assistant coach like for a school yeah I got a boss ahead of me I don't want to get anybody in trouble but for me like I don't know if it's me thinking hey I don't have to answer anybody if they have a problem they'll leave but like sometimes they'd ask me something like why, why isn't my son the point guard? I'm like, because that kid's a better point guard. You know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you tell them exactly what they might not want to hear because he's not very good. Because why can't he shoot more threes? Because he's not making threes. He's not good enough. Like, you know, so I'll say it. I, I wish I was a little bit more tactful about it. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to give them your number. Hey, but and, you know, sometimes you remember, some, parents, some parents you can't be, you got to just be straightforward. You, you right. Just, you just got to with them sometimes. So no, I I I feel you on that. I feel you yeah. on that. It's, well, it's man, it uh I appreciate you coming on here and uh discussing some skill development, everything from relationships to shooting to to dealing with parents and <laughs> dealing with other coaches. Uh, yeah. before you go, is there anything that else that you would like to uh any tips or anything you'd like to share with anybody that's listening? Uh, not, none that would, none that I could sum up in a, in a minute or two. Um, man, just find somebody that you trust, find somebody that, that, uh, that has a little bit of, uh, I guess a re resume, if you can find somebody that, that is proven. And, uh, most importantly, find somebody that, that you can see the development and the process in yourself because that's really what it boils down to i don't care i don't care if you do trained every nba player from lebron james to michael jordan um if you are not developing then you need to find somebody else that will help you develop if you're going to put money and energy into a trainer or a workout or a clinic or whatever um and, and you're not seeing progress either look in the mirror are you not putting in your full effort because that, that's a big part too i mean i can't put all the blame on the trainers like mm -hmm. The kids, you know, I, I tell kids they work out with me once a week. I'm like, you're not going to get better in this hour. You're going to learn how to go get better. You know, so if, if you are doing everything you can as a player, the extra stuff that you're, you're supposed to, um, and you're still not developing, maybe you can look into a different thing. But 
but also give your trainer time to to watch the development the look at the long-term plan ask the long-term plan short-term and long-term plan and see if you're hitting your 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 milestones seeing if you're hitting those marks as a developing player because if you're not getting better it's 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 somebody's fault more likely it's the player's fault but it's it's somebody um we, we can find a better situation so um yeah i mean just 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 figure out what your goals are grind it out so uh, before you go, won't you tell everybody how they can find you on social media and and if you have any anything that you want to plug, uh, go ahead and plug it. I will say I'm pretty active on Instagram, so let me find what my handle is. Um, Holbrook underscore hoops. I uh, especially if you're in the Houston area, anybody in the just the Texas area. Um, I do a lot of things out in the, this area. Um, before COVID, I was traveling. I, I do specific shooting clinics. Actually, I work with ProShot. I don't know if you're familiar with ProShot. ProShot shooting. They used, we used to have tons of videos, but we travel all over the country um, and, and teach shooting a specific way. But with, with that, if, um, if anybody like that, that's pretty much the only thing that I can offer outside of Houston right now. Uh, if anybody was looking for those, if they're familiar with ProShot and that type of shooting system, then contact me and then we, we can get them set up with with workouts and, and, and team camps and um, consulting video, you know, whatever it is. But uh, my Instagram is Holbrook underscore hoops and uh, anything that you need from, from my players highlights to things that we've worked on. So like I said, any events that I got going on locally or just some random tips every once in a while of creating space. I don't know. Just, just, just random stuff. Um, that that's where you could do that. Or you, that that's about it though. I don't, I don't really hit up the other platforms like I probably should as a business owner, but um, there you go. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBN B-Ball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search Skill Development Playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.